Hall folk singer is dead after she was attacked by a pair of coyotes. What is the monkey doing? Tell me what's going on. He hit your face off! We actually have a trainer in the water with one of our whales. If I show weakness, if I retreat, I may be hurt, I may be killed. Baby Azaria Chamberlain was taken by a dingo back in 1980. Hey everybody, welcome back to Man. It is the only true crime podcast on the internet where all the killers are real animals, whether it's biting, scratchings, maulings, or clawings. We're here to talk about it. My name is Old Jimbles. I'm still sick, and today we're trying something a little bit different. Uh, as many of you are probably not aware, before the Man Eater days, uh, before this podcast existed, I actually hosted another podcast, a much less successful, a much worse podcast. Um, an advice podcast, actually. It was called Advice City, and each week I would try to answer people's pickles and questions, and people were in terrible situations in their lives, and I would try to give some very uneducated advice in a comedic way. And I thought, you know what might be fun is to go back to my roots, and for a one-off episode, unless you guys really like it, then I might do it again. Uh, for a one-off episode, try to do the same thing. So this is an Advice City episode of Man Eaters. This is, it's like Inception here, podcast Inception for old Jimble's brain. Uh, So we're going to answer some questions today. I asked uh, my folks on Patreon and also on the Instagram um, if they had any situations in their life that they needed assistance with, they needed some friendly, uh, unbiased advice for, and I would try and do my best to answer them. And we're going to get through as many of these as we can today. Um, I did promise I would give people fake names uh, to preserve anonymity so that people wouldn't feel embarrassed asking questions. Um, so what we might do today is we might do like animal related uh, or you know what, how about people in the man eaters world names for that? How about, oh, but before we do that, how about we listen to the old Advice City theme song before getting started? Let's do that. Take it away, Jemima. Advice. Wow, what a trip down memory lane, my friend Jemima. I miss you. I miss you a lot. She's not dead. She's just like in Canada. Uh, Okay, Uh, our first question, uh, we're going to give the fake name of uh, Jim Corbett. Jim Corbett writes, Hi Jimbles, I'm turning 21 next year. What the fuck am I going to do? (laughs) Oh no, sorry. (laughs) They say, what the fuck am I to do? (laughs) Which is a very... Uh, entertaining way of writing that. You're turning 21, what are you to do? Well, if you're in America, you can have a drink. Um, If you're in Australia, you've been drinking for, well, legally, you've been drinking for two years, but if you're really Australian, you've probably been drinking since you were 14. So uh, we have a big problem with alcohol in this country, folks, just in case you were aware. In case the the laid-back larrikin image that you all have of Australians, you weren't sure where that comes from, it's because we're all blasted 24-7. I'm current, it's, it's 11am, and I'm sipping on like a little uh, <laughs> lime cotties cordial with a little bit of vodka in it. Um, yeah, this isn't, it's not good, uh, especially since I'm already sick, but you know, hair of the dog, folks, hair of the dog. Okay, you're turning 21, what are you to do? I, are you asking me because you're having some sort of, you know, quarter-life crisis? Um, I had a quarter-life crisis when I was, like, 24, which is close. Um, 
thought life was going really poorly. I know, I know a lot of people around that age who feel that way as well. Um, you hit 22 or 23 or 24 or 21 as this person potentially is feeling and you're just not sure what direction you're supposed to be taking. Uh, your career might not have taken off yet. Your relationship status might be no. Um, what do you do? What do you do in those situations? Well, I had a friend who recently was, was saying she felt the same way. Just not sure her life was panning out the way it should be. And yeah, quarter life crisis. Um, and my advice, it's pretty simple, is that, you know, it all it all works out. It all works out. If you just do what you like doing, uh, whether it's a hobby or if it's a job or if it's travel, if you just manage to do that, eventually it'll pan out. It's all about who you meet. Um, so if, you, if you're currently 21 and you want to travel, I would travel. And if you can't afford to, you know, fly all across the world, go on a road trip or go camping. Just travel locally if you can, um, you know, and then you'll meet people and you might meet someone who's like, hey, I need someone to do a job and you do a job and now you're in the mafia and you're a criminal mastermind. Or more likely, you end up working in like a tennis supply store or something. But hey, then maybe you really like tennis supplies and you become um, a tennis guy. What do you call them? Tennis... Raphael Nadal's, yeah, you do that, you become a real Raphael Nadal's of yourself, um, that's what I would do, <laughs> just do whatever you want to do, that's, that's, that's it, you're 21, young, that's good, I'm turning 30 in like, uh, what day, what's the date today, the 8th, what's the date, the eight, yeah, I'm turning 20, I'm turning uh, 30 in 22 days, um, so I'm due for another fucking quarter life, third life crisis, if I die at, Jesus, if I die at 90, that's a third of my life done, what have I done? I have like half of a successful podcast to show for it. And that's about it. Um, okay, well, that's what I do. Just do whatever makes you happy. Don't stress too much. Um, make friends. Stay. Oh, yeah. If you're 21, make an effort to stay close with your friends. Because when I was 21, um, I was getting into relationships and then letting my friendships sort of fall away to the side. And I regret that. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would do that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, now next question comes from, uh, we're going to say, Steve Owen. Steve Owen says, give me some unsolicited advice. That's a great question. Unsolicited advice. Uh, What what would I give you advice-wise without you asking? My go-to is always invest in a good pair of socks. That seems very like boomer-esque, you know, advice to give, but it's true, man, socks are, a a good pair of socks really starts your day off well, don't you agree? There's nothing worse than when I get to the end of the week, and I've kind of gone through all my clothes, and I open up the sock drawer, and I only have, like, the shitty pairs of socks left, that's, yeah, and and you just put them on, you're like, they're thin, some of them have little holes forming, and it's just not the way you want to start your day, Putting on a good pair of socks is like the equivalent of the of the advice of like make your bed in the morning because at the very least when you get home you'll have a made bed. It's like if I put on some good socks in the morning, at the very least I'm um, I'm providing some uh, nice cushioning to my feet throughout the shittiness of the day. Um, that's yeah, that's my go-to unsolicited advice. It's also like if you have a gift coming up, like a birthday, um, socks are never bad. I as a kid, it's always shitty when you open up your Christmas present and it's socks. As an adult, that's all I want. All I want is good quality socks, good quality underwear, um, and that's why our sponsor of today's episode is Me Undies. No, it's not. I wish it was. 
What happened to MeUndies? I haven't heard an ad from MeUndies for quite a while on any podcast. Does anyone know? Let's Google. I want to know what happened to MeUndies. Um, this is like free promo for MeUndies. Uh, are they still around? Yeah, they're still around. Very expensive, though. I'm not going to... Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's too expensive for me. And with that, they're never going to sponsor the show because I just said that. Fuck. Shit. Okay. Uh, some more unsolicited advice. Um, well, okay. One of them is if you get a parking ticket, just pay the parking ticket. Just don't don't leave it. It's like a headache if you leave it. My first parking ticket, I was like 17. And um, yeah, I, I, hit, <laughs> I hit it from my dad. I just, I just kind of ignored it, hoping it would go away. Um, it's not the kind of thing that does go away. And then, yeah, they sent a letter to my parents. And, uh, yeah, I got, I got in lots of trouble. So, yeah, if you get a parking ticket, just pay the parking ticket. Um, what else What else other unsolicited advice might I give a rando? Um, yeah, the sock thing really seems to be the pinnacle of my, you know, my thing. Um, I guess try to be honest <laughs> when you can. That's good advice. You don't have to remember all your lies if you just be honest. Um, yeah. Okay, next question. Moving on. Uh, this question comes from a person named, uh, we'll call them uh, uh, Taylor Mitchell. Uh, Taylor Mitchell writes, feeling really underwhelmed, undervalued at work. Help. <laughs> All right. Um, feeling undervalued at work? If it's a job that you can just sort of quit, <laughs> maybe you quit. Um, but like if it's a job that you really enjoy... Uh, and you're just starting to feel under undervalued. Um, I, I mean, if you have a boss or a manager who's open to it, it's probably worth just bringing that up and just saying, "Hey, boss, I feel undervalued. What can I do to to you know solidify my position at the company?" Or blah blah blah. I don't know. I felt I've been lucky. I think in my in my career, there's only been a few times where I felt really undervalued. Um, in my workplace, and it's no, and it hasn't been recently either. Within the last five years, I'm trying to think back to the last time I felt really undervalued at work. And what I did was, I think I, I, I started a project. I basically came up with a pitch. I said, um, "Hey, I've got a little bit of free time. Uh, I want to run this uh, this you know, event." Um, and they said yes, and so I just ran it, and it went really well. And from that point on felt a little bit more valued because I brought value to the company um, with some extra money and bums and seats because it was a theater thing. Um, yeah. And if, if it's, if it's a continual pattern of feeling undervalued, um, it potentially it's time to move on to find another job, uh, and find somewhere that does value you. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with being in a job that undervalues you. If you undervalue the job as well, if you clock in at nine and leave at five and do the bare minimum work, um, and, you live for the weekend and you have great hobbies and great friends and a great social life outside of work. Um, and you can bear to put up with work just being like a mild nuisance in your life. There's nothing wrong with that either. I think people do get wrapped up in this idea of finding their perfect careers. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I think I found multiple sort of career paths that really work for me. Uh, you know, but if, if you, if you just want to live for the weekend, if you're a weekend warrior, that's fine. It's fine. If you want to work for 40 years and your nine to five kind of sucks, but it pays the bills and frees you up financially to do whatever you want to do outside of work, that's fine as well. You don't have to have it all figured out. And that maybe goes back to the person who was asking about turning 21. Um, you don't have to have it all figured out at 21. I'm nearly 30. 
and I have jack shit figured out. Um, we're sort of just rolling with the punches. <laughs> That's all, all we can do is roll with the punches. Um, yeah, my sick voice is sort of creeping in. Can you hear it? <laughs> I feel terrible, but we're going to keep going. Um, next question comes from... Uh, we need a fake name for this person. Let's go with Kenneth Anderson. Kenneth Anderson writes, My partner wants a pet cat. I hate cats. What can we do? <laughs> well, um, if your problem with a cat is just that you don't like cats, it's not a, uh allergy thing, um, I used to not like cats either. I really didn't. I was, I was not like a, you know, hate cats kind of guy. Um, I find it really interesting, people who, who hate cats. It's like, it's a very strong position to take on a little creature. What do the kids call that now? They call it a red flag. <laughs> but if you just dislike cats like I did, uh, it may be worth just having the cat. Because my, my partner um, had a cat when I met her. And she told me later that it was like a make, a deal, a make or break moment if the cat would warm up to me or not. <laughs> And it did slowly, um, but yeah, she would have she would have dumped me if if the cat fucking hated me. Um, but now we have a cat living in our house. It's staring at me right now with murderous intent. But I love this little guy, so cute. I give her little belly scratches, and she uh, she 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 bites me. I give her little pats on the head, and she scratches my arm off. Uh, and she's the light of my life, and I love this cat. <laughs> and when I'm homesick, I miss the cat more than I miss the home. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's get the cat. I don't know. I, that's my advice. I'm not qualified. That was kind of the crux of the reason that the advice podcast didn't work in the first place is because um, I am not educated in any way to give any advice to anyone. My life barely was functioning at the point where I was doing the show. Um, it's still barely functioning, but I think you should get the cat. That's, that's, yeah, that's my thing. Okay, our next question uh, is going to come from Liam Neeson, because it's wolf-related, get it, because of the grey. What's the best thing you can do when surrounded by a pack of wolves? Okay, best thing you can do is get a bunch of little mini bottles, mini bottles of uh, liquor, and uh, break them on a rock, and then duct tape them into your fist so you've got, like, little glass wolverine claws, and in your other hand, pull out a knife, and then, um go toe-to-toe with the alpha. That's what I'd do. Or at least that's what I'd do based on the final moments of the, the movie, The Grey. Um, what would I? What is the best thing to do in, realistically in real life? I guess uh, if you can... Uh, I mean, I, and again, I'm not an expert on, well, anything really. But what I would probably suggest, if you can arm yourself with a branch or a stick, uh, if you have the potential to light it and make it a torch, that might work as well. Um hunting animals, pack animals, they, they operate, like, on a, um, risk versus reward basis, yeah, that's why you see lions and, uh, other apex predators, they go after the weakest and the sickest of the animals, um, because it reduces the potential for them to, to sustain an injury, because an injury in the wild, can be debilitating if it's lifelong and can really impact your ability to one, feed yourself or two, procreate, which are kind of the two big things that they need to be doing. It's like the whole impetus of life on the planet. Um, so if you can make yourself seem like you are not worth the risk to attack, that that if the wolf attacks you, it's 
more than likely going to get injured to a point where it's not going to be able to sustain itself going forward. Um, that might be your best shot. Um, I think I do think if you are surrounded by a pack of wolves, um, you're in trouble anyway. I think they you might you might be in trouble. But I think the best thing you can probably do: arm yourself, make yourself seem as big as you can, yell as loud as you can, um, make it seem like you are not worth the pack pursuing. Make it seem like oh, that's probably a better option if uh you know. Um, we might just move on. We'll try to find a deer or some ducklings or something like that. This guy can go. This guy's pretty chill. This is me being the wolf. Don't you think this guy's pretty chill? Waving that stick around. I like this guy. I like the cut of his jib. Let's leave him be. Let's go get McDonald's with him. I want a McCrispy. Uh, okay, <laughs> good. How do you... Oh, this is the next question. We're going to say it's from um, uh, Dawn Brackow. I think that was her name. Um... How do you check a friend on their racism? Wow. <laughs> That's a big question. Um, yeah, wow. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing that you're asking that question. That's a hard that's a hard thing to do. Um, we all know I hope we all know racism is fucked. It's a stupid it's just so dumb. It really it's such a stupid thing. Um, you know, I would hope that anyone listening to this show and in this little man it is community uh, understands <laughs> that racism is naughty um, <laughs> and that that is the most basic, like, low bar <laughs> to say. But but how do you check a friend on racism? I've only had to do this a couple of times. Um, I'll give you the story. So I was with a friend, and I don't think they listen to the show, but even if they do, this might be a teaching moment for them. Um, their name was... Uh, no, I won't, I won't name them, um, they, uh, they were saying some jokes about, uh, an Arab guy at, at his work, and the joke, essentially what it was, was they were saying, oh, at our workplace, we call this guy, uh, terrorist, we call him Osama Bin Laden, ha ha ha, and he likes it, he, he thinks it's funny, um, and, the rest of us were feeling very uncomfortable <laughs> by that. Um, none of us were Arab, but the rest of us were feeling really, you know, you're really uncomfortable. It really kind of ruined the vibe of the trip when he started talking like this. Um, and it was an awkward conversation to have because when we were kind of trying to say, hey, man, um, that's a little bit fucked <laughs> and very racist, um, he would come back with, like, all, you know, he likes it, he laughs. Um, and I would just probably say to that, well, I did say to that, um, yeah, but he's not here to tell us how he really feels. And also if you're surrounded by a bunch of white blokes who are calling you a terrorist, um, and laughing, it's, it, it's better for you to laugh along with them than to stand up to them. How, how are you supposed to do that? That's why it's important for us to do it now is to, is to check you on this. You don't do it again. Um, you know, and then, the, you know, the, the usual stuff of like, oh, you can't say anything, or I'm getting cancelled, or no one can take a joke. So, uh, you know, I can make a joke. I can take a joke. It just has to be a funny joke. And I don't think calling a Arab guy a terrorist is actually very clever or funny. Um, yeah. How do you do it? I don't, I don't know. It's it's hard. I think that if, if you... Uh, it's hard to know without knowing more about your specific circumstances. But if... You know, if a friend of yours has said something racist throughout the day, I would maybe 
try to take an opportunity to go face to face and just say, hey man, um, when you said this, uh, it kind of bothered me for these reasons. I thought it was racist. Are you aware that that is how it came across? And maybe they'll say, oh shit, I didn't mean it to come across like that. I was kind of just making a joke. Um, and then you say like, well, I understand. I understand. We, you were trying for a joke, uh, but you know, it, it didn't have the effect I think you wanted it to have because everyone got uncomfortable or I got uncomfortable. Um, could you please not do that around me? Could you please be more aware of, you know, your surroundings if you are going to talk like that? You really shouldn't talk like that, but if you are, can you please, like, I don't know, read the room a little better? Maybe something like that. Um, it is important. It's awkward when you get checked for racism too. Like, if you've said something that's offensive and someone's called you out, out on it, it's awkward. And you get defensive. And I think that if you're the person who's getting checked, um, it's your... It's like that Louis C.K. But you can't just be like, no, I wasn't. Because it's not up to you <laughs> if it was offensive. Uh, it's up to everyone else. Um, and, and, you know, your gut reaction is to get defensive and to say, oh, it was just a joke. Or, you know, um, it's really bravery comes in where you own up to it and you apologize and you say, all right, yeah, fair enough. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Uh, apologies. And if, by the way, if you do check someone in their racism and they say, yeah, no, I know. I, I knew that it was racist and I said it anyway because it's a deep-held belief. Uh, that's when we probably need to look at, hey, maybe finding some new friends. Maybe this guy doesn't need to come on the annual camping trip. Hmm. Yeah, anyway, don't uh, don't be racist. <laughs> that's, that's the big thing here. Um, if I found any of you are being racist, uh, I'll yell at you. I'll name and shame you. I don't know how this scenario would possibly play out. But if you are the friend of someone who listens to this show and you hear them be naughty and racist, you tell me and I will publicly name and shame them on this show that literally thousands of people listen to. And 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 the consequences will be sig- insignificant, but it'll be an inconvenience for them to listen to. It might be awkward for a minute. Um, that is my promise to you. We do not stand by racism here uh, on this show. Uh, homophobia is fine. Uh, no, I'm joking. I, uh, joking. It's a joke. Uh, I'm going to get checked on my homophobia soon. It's all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next question. Um, blah, 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 dating tips, <laughs> funny or sarcastic advice, please. LOL. Um, what is, <laughs> wait, what do you want real dating tips or do you want me to be funny or sarcastic? Um, let's start with funny. Uh, let's start with sarcastic first because that's my bread and butter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, chicks really love it when you show up to the date uh, dressed as a big old uh, eggplant emoji. Yeah, chicks love that. Do that, pal. Yeah, that was my sarcastic one. Uh, here's the funny one. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Um, going on a date with a beautiful woman. Uh, going on a date with a beautiful woman who? Not you. That was the funny one. Uh, and now dating tips, the real ones. Okay, uh, I'm going to assume this was a dude who wrote this because uh, women don't need dating tips. Come on. Uh, men, okay. Um, I, you know, I'm... Okay. <laughs> real, real talk. Just be normal. I think <laughs> that's the... That's the first and most important step. Um, it's just be normal. Don't be weird. Don't make it weird. I think um, a lot of men don't really think about how fucked <laughs> the world is for women. Especially when you're... If a woman's single and is, like, trying to go out on dates and meet men, 
how much of a fucking gamble that is <laughs> to go out and meet a stranger in a place where there's likely alcohol being served. That's such a fucking gamble. It's like when a dude goes on a first date, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, like, it's a little awkward for a bit. What's the worst thing that can happen to a woman? Well, she could get raped and murdered um, by the person she was meeting. So we're not on an equal playing field here, and I think that it's important to acknowledge that. So dudes, just be normal. That's the first step. The, no- the number of times I was on, um, this is years back, when I was on dating apps, and I was like talking to people, just trying to just just being normal, not trying to do silly one-liners or like uh, try to be macho or or trying to get late. Just just trying to have an actual conversation. The number of times I had people say, "It's nice that you're just normal." It's the <laughs> the bar on dating apps must just be so low. But I think that's I think that that it probably is the case. I think on dating apps because I have friends and I've seen the messages that like the female friends, um, they, they show me the messages some dudes send them, and it's just like, oh god, it's so cringy, it's so quick, I had a friend show me one the other day, where it was like, in the first interaction, and in the first message, they, they just tried to cram so much in, they crammed in like, their height, they were trying to cram in like, oh like, yeah, I'm very macho, and they, they crammed in the idea of having sex, not like explicitly saying, let's have sex, but just the idea of like, yeah, I think, I think the question that was asked was, what would you do if it was the last day on earth? And the guy says, oh, I'd, um, <laughs> what do you say? I'd donate all my money to charity. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd go visit my family. And then I'd probably spend the rest of the day having sex, having good sex. And I was just like, that's fucked. And then my friend replied, oh, I would try to buy as much KFC as I could to fill my swimming pool and, and have a swim. Um, which is a great answer. <laughs> yeah. it's. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that answer. But yeah, um, genuine dating tip if you are struggling to meet people is just just try to be normal and i think go into an underrated piece of advice genuinely would be go into these dates not trying to get a second date not trying to have sex with a person go into the date just trying to have a, a a nice evening having a good dinner trying to make good conversation and and try and not going into it with the goal of progressing any further than that because the cherry on top will be if it if you if it does go well um you'll get to pro- you know you'll have another date you might get to go back to their place that that would be great but that's not the goal of the first date the goal of the first date <coughs> excuse me is just to like you know have a conversation it's like an audition you know this is um advice i give to actors all the time because i work with young actors a lot um you know people get really, really, really nervous for auditions, and they think of the audition like a job interview, where the, you know, where the, the goal is to get a job, the goal is to book a future, you know, employment opportunity, um, and that's not really what the goal should be, the goal of the audition is, it's just an opportunity for you to perform, to practice what you do, and to, and because when you're an adult, and you're an adult actor, this is very niche advice for anyone who's not a performing artist, but when you're an adult and you're an actor, um, once you get out of the the age range where there's youth musicals and you're doing performances with schools and and all that kind of stuff, unless you are a gigging actor, um, there is not that many opportunities for you to get to get in front of people and do your work with the script and perform. Um, you know that those those opportunities sort of fall by the wayside the older you get. So an audition 
is really a rare opportunity where you get to stand in front of people and have their undivided attention for just a few minutes and do your work and perform the script and do your best. And that's what it should be. Your, 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 jo- your goal is not to get a job because there's so many things. And I'm just realizing as I'm saying this, how analogous, 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 how, how parallel an audition and acting and dating really are. So it, the job, the, the, the goal of the audition is not to get a job just as the goal of the first date is not to get a relationship or to get laid, okay? The goal of the audition is to perform in front of someone and the goal of the first date is to just to have a, try to have a conversation, have a nice time with somebody else, hang out with a friend. That's kind of what it should be. So I would genuinely go into these first dates if you're doing that, um, just trying to like stay positive and um, have a nice time and show the other person a nice time. And if it, you know, worst case scenario in that case is that you don't click, the conversation was awkward and clunky and eh, it was fine. You don't have to do it again. Best case scenario is that you haven't spent your time trying to get laid and being awkward and cringy. You've just put your best foot forward and try to be friendly and nice to them. And the best case scenario there is they, they like that and they want to do it again. And then that's when you can start like looking forward to the future. But yeah, first dates are not for, the first dates, it's an audition. It's not for the future. It's not for getting laid, unless that's, you know, what you're definitely agreeing into it. Like if, because there are cases where you're like, oh, this is a one night stand. Cool. Uh, and those are fun. But if you're just going for a date and you're looking for a relationship, don't let that first date trip you up. I think just put your best foot forward, try to be normal and don't try to impress too hard. Just, just be yourself. Unless yourself is a fucking douchebag and then maybe work on that. But that is a different thing. That's a more permanent thing you need to be looking to, to fix up. Okay. Um, I hope that helped. I don't know. I need more specific, you know, of an idea of what dating tips you need. But I, you know, I think that that's pretty solid. Okay. Only a few more questions. Uh, we've got one from, uh, Patreon here. Um, oh no, this is, this is, sorry, this one's from Instagram. How do you stay positive when life is getting you down? Um, fake name for this person. We're going to call it the Chumpawat Tiger because I've run out of people whose names I can remember. Uh, yes. Oh, no, you know what? We'll call him, we'll call it Timothy Treadwell. Timothy Treadwell writes, how do you stay positive when life is getting you down? Well, first off, I'm sorry life is getting you down. It does happen to everyone. And the genuine advice, but it seems like a cliche, is that it, it'll get better. Um, it's, I feel a little hypocritical answering this question because I'm not a, I don't find myself to be an overly positive person day to day. Um, I, I particularly, I, I know I have struggled with that. I've been told in the past, you are being a negative person to be around. And that's hard. That's hard to hear. So in the last few years, I've tried really hard to be more positive. Um, and that, in, that includes, you know, like trying to see the best in situations, which I think I'm getting better at. Um, it includes avoiding gossip where you can. I'm, a, I'm really bad at gossip. In my um, industry, I, I work in, you know, live theater and performance. It's a very bitchy industry, honestly. It really, like, it's, that's the, that's the number one thing people like to do apart from acting on stage is talking about people who are acting on stage. And I, I get caught up in that really, I'm really bad at it. Uh, but I have tried, in the, I have tried recently to try and pull myself back from doing that. And when I notice I'm getting a little bit too gossipy or bitchy, negative, try to steer myself back into a positive mindset. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things you have to do is it, 
sometimes, not everyone can be born as a positive person. Um, sometimes you're born as someone with a negative attitude. Um, and that's not always a bad thing, but if you are noticing that it is affecting your relationships, your happiness, it's making you depressed, um, it's something you need to work on. It's not, it's not a thing that you just like, oh, you do this and you become more positive. It's a mindset that you have to remember to stay in. You gotta remember, oh, I've gotta to try to be more positive here. Um, part of it as well that helps is, is, the, is the company you keep. Um, if you are surrounded by negative, depressive people, that's gonna rub off on you and you're gonna be negative. But if you are around uh, positive, happy, you know, happy-go-lucky friends, uh, who are supportive of you, you're more likely to be positive as well. That'll rub off on you there as well. So uh, when life gets you down, life gets everyone down, life is hard. We need to accept that life is hard. It's going to get harder too. I just saw the fucking Israel and Palestine are going to have a war. Jesus. Uh, it's just, there's a lot on. It's uh, it's hard. Trump might be back. Ah, uh, God. The voice referendum is probably going to fail. Life is hard. Life sucks at the moment. It's not going to get better. Um, but we can't just give up. You can't just throw in the towel. I mean, you can throw in the towel if you want. You can kill yourself. I don't want you to. I don't think it's good. It's not good advice to give on a podcast. And I'm pretty sure my lawyer is calling me now saying, hey, retract that. I'm going to say on this podcast, don't kill yourself. But I'm just saying, like, you can throw in the towel. You can give up and you can be a negative person. Um, It's just going to take a lot more effort for all of us to stay positive when the world around us inevitably collapses into decay. Uh, But, you know, we need to put that effort in to be more um, empathetic, caring creatures to each other. Because when our society and our structures and our systems all collapse, all we're going to have is each other and our little communities and our friendship groups. And that's that, you know, that's where it's all, this got really philosophical and deep, didn't it? Jesus, um, (laughs) put the effort in. That's, I guess that's the answer. How do you stay positive when life is getting you down? You have to put the effort in. It's hard. And other things you can do is eat properly, exercise. I don't do either of those things right now, but I know that when I do, I'll feel better. Um, and just keep in mind, it's not forever. Nothing's permanent. Nothing's permanent. Um, you know, I can't remember. There was an actor who said this. Like, when you're feeling really, really good and on top of the world, that's going to pass eventually. And you'll feel depressed and low. And you'll have really low points. Those will pass as well. We go to peaks and valleys. And um, you might be in a valley right now. And that's okay. You can enjoy the valley. Valleys can be beautiful. Um, eventually, you'll get back up on a peak for a little bit and then you'll go back down to the valley and that's what life is so yeah and if you are struggling there's so many services you can you can uh call up to help i mean i don't know about the u.s but in australia you can call beyond blue uh you know the help the kids helpline um so many great the blue that was it the black the blue dog institute i can't remember um there's so many resources you can i've called up a few of my, myself because i've been super depressed in the past um look after yourself and look after people around you, and that's and and find a meaning in your life as well. Try to find a something to be doing that benefits other people, and that that'll help. Yeah. Okay, couple more questions. Um, actually, really only one more question, and then a little bit of a follow up. Pop. How do I get people to like me? Writes, um, who wrote this? Uh, Kenton Joel Carnegie. <laughs> Kenton Joel Carnegie writes, "How do I get people to like me?" Well, that's a great question. Um, I like you already because you asked a question on the thing, um, on the Patreon. 
I like you a lot. You're a part of the community and you're awesome uh, in that in that way. Um, how do you get other people to like you? Well, I don't know you personally. Um, but one of the things I think that really matters is just being kind. That's, I mean, that's, think about it this way. If you were really, really kind to other people and they still didn't like you for being a kind person, is it someone that you really want to like you anyway? Does that make sense? If I'm super nice to people and I'm known as a, as a positive person and a nice guy and people don't like me because of that, I don't think I really want them to like me because I don't think that they're the kind of people who are going to be nice and positive anyway. Don't you agree? Now, if you are like, if there are people that you want to like, if sorry, if there are people that you want to like you and they don't, um, well, the first thing I would check is like, is your information actually correct? Because there's a good chance they do like you and your brain just plays tricks on you. The number of times that I felt like, oh yeah, no, I really like, uh, Nick, I really like this guy. Uh, I just think he hates me. And then someone annoyingly has gone behind my back and be like, "Hey, do you hate James?" And they go, "No, fuck, I love James." Like, why would why would you say that? He thinks he hates you. Like, the number of times that's happened to me, it's crazy. I, we all think the worst of ourselves, and we're all constantly sitting here thinking like, "Oh, that person hates me. That person doesn't like me." Do they're not thinking about you? Everyone has really tough lives. Everyone has a lot going on. I promise they're not thinking about you. Um, and the third option is maybe people actually don't like you and and we need to look at that. If you, if you want those people to like you and they definitely don't like you, is there something you need to be changing up about yourself? Uh, is, is it your attitude? Is it your positive? Is it, you know, is your outlook, your attitude, your mental, uh, <laughs> I nearly said mental handicap. That's not the right, that's not what I'm trying to say. Your mental outlook is kind of what I was trying to say. Um, mental health are the things you can improve about yourself. But I think that if you just try to be a well-rounded good, kind, empathetic person for yourself, then, then that radiates outwards and that, that'll, that'll help. So, but yeah, if you, I mean, I'm sorry if you feel like people don't like you. I like you. I'm sure you're a great person. Sometimes people, um, sometimes people won't like you. And that's the other thing. There are people who are, who I know, who are like, I know they're, I know they're really nice people. They're sweet. Um, there's a few people popping into my head right now. There's people who I know, I just, I know they're not bad people. They don't treat people badly. I still don't like them. I just find them annoying. And that's just... I, and that'll never be fixed. It's not their fault and it's not my fault. I just find them a little bit annoying. But you still treat them with kindness and, you, and they still treat you with kindness and it's fine. Not everyone's going to like you. There will be people who find you annoying. I know for a fact there are people who find me fucking grating, okay? But as long as those people aren't actively, you know, trying to cause me harm, eh, what can you do? You can't... Not everyone can like you. You're not going to like everyone. So, and that's that's it. But I like you just for being around. I like anyone who's listening to the show, unless, as we said before, you're a racist. Okay. Uh, final question. Not really a question, and they do admit it in the question. This is from uh, one of our Instagram users. Uh, a follow-up part from a kind of a story we had last week. Uh, if you remember the guy who he messaged in on Instagram saying that uh, he had a black bear eating his trailer and was potentially going to shoot him in the head. Um, he follows up and he says, not really advice, but we pepper sprayed the trash and the bear, he ain't been back. <laughs> well, that's good. You never really think of pepper spray that way, do you? I'm glad that uh, your trash is fine and your trailer's okay and the bear didn't get his cranium exploded. That's really good. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for our advice section. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. It was fun. This was a little bit of a 
you know, a, a throwback to uh, different times when I used to do the advice show back in COVID lockdown in 2020. Uh, all right, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, we will, have, let's have the theme song one more time. We'll take a break and we will come back with our scratch of the day, back to our regularly scheduled Maneaters content. Okay, Jemima, hit it. Advice. All right, Stinkies, welcome back. <laughs> Hope you had a good break. Uh, yeah, thank you for uh, for listening to that little advice section. I had a lot of fun. I actually really enjoyed that. I don't know if we'll do it again. Maybe once a year we'll do it a little homage to Advice City. But uh, for now, it's time to move on to my favorite segment of the day, the Scratch of the Day. Scratch of the Day, of course, the segment of the show where we look at the news, we talk about all of the animal attacks that have occurred recently, uh, we read these live, I have not read the stories yet, uh, but we do have three interesting looking stories, our first one comes from the New York Post, I'm just waiting for it to open, apparently, a Canadian couple uh, was attacked by a grizzly bear, and they sent a distressing final text before their death, that is according to the headline from the New York Post, this article is written by Ali Griffin, it was published on the 6th of October, so two days ago, quite recently. Here is the story, according to the New York Post. Oh, good. I have to have ad blocker on. <laughs> okay, here we go. A Canadian couple, mauled to death by a grizzly bear while camping in a national park, sent a distressing message to their family members in their last known text before their deaths. Doug Inglis and Jenny Guse, both 62 years old, were killed along with their dog in the bear attack on Friday inside Banff National Park after their bear spray failed to thwart the hungry beasts, according to local reports. The pair of experienced hikers had shared a full itinerary of their seven-day hiking trip with Inglis's uncle, Colin Inglis, and remained in contact with him through a satellite communication device, the family member told the Calgary Herald. Late on Friday afternoon, they let him know they were delayed getting to their planned camping spot and instead bunked down for the night near the Red Deer River in Panther Valley. But, few, but just a few hours later, Collins said he received a troubling SOS message and knew right away something was serious. Quote, I got a text call from their Garmin that said, bear attack, bad, he told the local outlet, adding Parks Canada officials were automatically notified by the couple's message. The alarm bells were going off. This is not good. That meant that there'd, be, that meant that there'd been some kind of engagement. You're completely helpless to know what's going on. A helicopter was deployed to find and rescue the couple, but had to turn back due to overcast conditions. An on-the-ground response team was sent out to reach Inglis and Gousset via ATVs around 10.30pm. The trek took three hours, and it was nearly 2am by the time they had reached the couple's campsite, according to the Herald. There, they found the badly mauled bodies of Inglis and Gousset, along with their seven-year-old border collie, Collins said. The couple, a research scientist and a lab technician at the Agricultural and Agri-Food Research Center, appeared to have tried to fight off the bear with bear spray, but the animal was relentless. One can of bear spray had been fully discharged, but this bear could not be deterred, Collins said. Park officials believe the couple was inside their tent reading when they were attacked. 
Their tent was crushed and their e-readers were open. They had both discovered... Sorry, they were both discovered in their stocking feet, the victim's uncle said, recounting what authorities told him. When the rescue team finally reached them, they encountered what was believed to be the same murderous beast responsible for Inglis and Gousset's deaths. The grizzly was still showing signs of aggression, and the crew say they were forced to shoot it to save themselves. In their words, the bear was intent on killing them, Colin told the Herald. The bear was a 25-year-old female in fair body condition, but was underweight for this time of year when the animals were preparing for hibernation. Investigators will perform an autopsy on the grizzly to confirm that it was the same animal that killed Inglis and Gousset, who met at the university and have been together since. The attack was the... Fa- the attack was the first time a grizzly has killed humans inside Banff National Park in decades. However, in 2021, two people were killed in separate attacks at the nearby uh, Waparis and Water Valley areas. So that's obviously a really sad story. Um, my prediction, if the autopsy does come back on the bear and uh, prove that it was the same bear that killed the two hikers, my theory is going to be that it was underweight for hibernation and was starting to get desperate. So it only has a few weeks to get into uh, its, you know, proper condition for hibernation. And at this point, it needs to eat whatever it can so that it has enough body fat uh, and energy to hibernate for that amount of time. So obviously really sad. They seem like very experienced hikers. There's a photo in this um, article of the of the two of them, uh, yeah, kayaking in the river. Very sad. Um, unfortunate, unfortunate story, uh, yeah, it sounds like they did everything right, that's horrifying, imagine being inside your tent asleep, or reading, and just being attacked by a bear, you wouldn't have a chance, I don't think they would have had a chance, they would just be fucking gone, and the dog too, damn, oh, that's brutal. Okay, well, on that depressing note, let's move on to our next story. Uh, Oh, good, it's about a child being killed. Okay, um, this story, uh, yes, does involve the death of a child. I do try to give you a trigger warning um, when I can, so maybe you want to skip forward a little bit. Um, This is from the Daily Mail in Australia. Uh, Toddler D'Angelo Manning is killed in an animal attack after wandering away from his Louisiana home. Um, this is published by uh, Joe Hutchinson for the DailyMail.com. A toddler, aged 17 months, has been killed in an animal attack after wandering away from his Louisiana home. D'Angelo Manning was found dead in a clearing around half a mile uh, from a home on Winkler Road in, Cla- uh, in Claiborne. The sheriff's office has been notified that Manning and a four-year-old had been missing and walked away from the property shortly after 10 a.m. on Monday. Shortly after, deputies found the four-year-old wandering half a mile from the residence. The child was treated by EMS teams and was found to be uninjured except for minor scratches. Oh, God. Deputies, state troopers, canine officers, volunteer firemen, and private citizens continued to search the area for the toddler. Shortly after midday, Manning was found dead in an area where timber had recently been harvested. Sheriff Sam Downies, uh, Dow- sorry, Dowies, said the apparent cause of death appeared to have been the result of an animal attack. The Claiborne Parish cor- coroner directed that D'Angelo's body be sent for an autopsy. It remains unclear what animal attacked the toddler, with officers still investigating his death. The boy's mom, Angelica Marquez, said in a post, I found out I was pregnant with you on my birthday, and it was a big surprise for me. I was so happy, so happy to have you. Your brothers loved you so much, still do, uh, still, 
Jesus, this is sad. <clears throat> uh, you, I can't even read this. I'm going <sighs> to... Sorry, that's really, this is really heartbreaking. Um, <sighs> you are always smiling. You will always bring a smile out of people. You were amazing. Trust me, uh, you were my Snoopy, my best friend. I remember the day me and your daddy chose your name while you were still in my belly. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to read the rest of the tweet. That doesn't matter. Um, yeah, this is really sad. <sighs> Following the youngsters passing, relative Evelyn Ayala has started a fundraiser for her family. With a target of $10,000 to help with funeral costs, the family have already raised about $1,800. In a sh in sharing the fundraiser, Ayala said, My family is going through a very tough time at the moment. D'Angelo Manning, son of my cousin Angelica Marquez, has a fatal accident where he lost his life. We are asking for help to cover his funeral expenses. At the moment, she's not receiving calls. And we would appreciate it if you could understand the situation that has happened. Yeah, that's the article. Um, uh, I can't find a link to this GoFundMe. Uh, if I could, I would share it. Um... Can I f yeah, it's on, it's on GoFundMe. It says funeral expenses for Snoopy. I might go, I'm going to go donate something. You should too. Um, really sad. Yeah, this is horrible. Um, I don't want to speculate on the... Normally I would speculate on the animal that was guilty for the attack. I don't want to. Uh, it's just an all-round terrible story. And it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have nothing else to add. That's that's It's absolutely fucking terrible. Uh, we'll move on to another story. Uh, okay. This is a shark attack story. These are usually okay. And I believe the victim survived this one. It's from ABC News Australia. Uh, a shark attack leaves woman with a serious leg injury near Beachport. Uh, it's not an article, it's a video. So we'll see if we can get some audio for you. Let's have a listen. A routine morning swim, which took a terrifying turn. Pam Cook is part of a group of around a dozen locals which swims at the Beachport jetty each morning. But early on the public holiday, Miss Cook was attacked by a shark. At first we thought she was just waving to her friends. To friends yeah. And then we realised, no, she was getting frantic that something happened. So we went running down the jetty and I said to Michelle, call an ambulance. There was a couple of ladies running in and they were covered in a bit of blood and um, uh, they mentioned uh, there's a uh, shark attack. Workers helping to repair the jetty were among those who rushed to help. When they got to her side, the victim was conscious but in shock. She did mention um, that the shark attacked her foot first and then um, went up a little bit higher and yeah. had another go and that's where the big, big uh, laceration was. Locals applied a tourniquet while they waited for an ambulance to arrive. She was taken to the Mount Gambier Hospital where she remains in a stable condition. We were just monitoring her and keeping her talking. I was having little chats with her and um, basically trying to get a bit of humour in there as well to keep her mind off the job. Um, you know, she was um, obviously more in shock than feeling the pain initially. The beach has been closed since the attack, with emergency services scouring the bay by boat and with drones trying to find the shark responsible. Locals say the area isn't known for shark attacks, adding to the shock from the incident. We've been coming here all our lives and we've never ever been worried about letting the kids swim yeah. in the water and, you know, uh, it might be a little bit different now. More shocking than anything for it to happen down here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
very scary to think that both of our kids have been swimming in that water. Witnesses say they're relieved to hear Ms Cook is doing well and hope she'll be back in the water soon. Joshua Bryan, ABC News, Beachport. Yeah, Beachport. I don't know the town. Must be in South Australia because Mount Gambier is in South Australia and that's where the hospital was. Uh, yeah, glad that she's doing okay. But yeah, very scary story. One more. This one was recommended by a listener. Um, apparently a man died in Sydney this week uh, after a whale uh, capsized his vessel. So let's read. This is from The Guardian. Um, man dies after suspected whale collision capsizes boat in Sydney. New South Wales water police respond after reports of the incident off Cape Banks in La Perouse. Okay, um, the photo is a, of a Sydney beach, and the quote says, One man has died and another is in a stable condition in a hospital after a boat capsized after it was reportedly struck by a whale at La Perouse in Sydney. One man has died, and it, oh, I just, read, <laughs> I just read that already. One man has died and another is in a stable condition in Sydney, uh... New South Wales Water Police responded to reports that two people were on the water off Capes Bank at La Perouse at about 6am on Saturday morning after their unoccupied boat was found circling in waters. A 61-year-old man was unconscious when he was pulled from the water. Attempts to revive him were unsuccessful and he was declared deceased, New South Wales Police said. A second, 53-year-old man, was assisted by witnesses and transferred to Foreshore Road boat ramp where he was treated by paramedics before being taken to hospital in a stable condition. Police were told the men's 4.8-metre runabout uh, vessel was likely to have been struck or been impacted by a whale breaching, causing the boat to tilt, ejecting both men. Police say the foreshore road boat ramp at Botany remained closed as inquiries continued. Acting Superintendent Siobhan Munro said that with more whales about than usual, the incident was tragic but not, sus- not, ex- not unexpected. She says, right now there are a lot of whales out there, so it's not unheard of that these stories of whales breaching next to boats, she told reporters in Sydney. Early reports are that a whale may have breached near the boat or onto the boat. Monroe said a witness on board the vessel nearby called emergency services after seeing a boat doing laps without anybody on board. The men could have been in the water for up to 45 minutes, she said. The skipper stayed as close as he could to the deceased and was doing all he could to keep him afloat until police arrived, she said. That's so sad. The information about the whale came from an internal interview with a skipper who was in shock, Monroe said. Yasmin Catley, the New South Wales Minister for Police, described the incident as a tragic, terrible accident. It's very early stages, this is a quote. It's very early stages. And there is very little detail at this point in time, she said at a press conference on Saturday morning. We understand that one person is deceased and our deepest condolences go to the deceased person's family. Jihad Dib, the New South Wales Minister for Emergency Services, said it's an absolute freak accident, but it also shows the dangers that do happen on waterways. Mark Hutchinson's... uh, Mark Hutchings, sorry, Mark, Mark Hutchings, the executive director for New South Wales Maritime, said the organisation running an opera, operational launch at the start of the boating season to ensure that people begin to take their boats out on after the winter, they have all the safety gear necessary. Unfortunately, we have had five fatalities quite recently. Not one of those persons that lost their lives was wearing a life jacket. Monroe said it was not confirmed whether the men in Sunday's morning, Sunday morning's accidents were wearing life jackets. Hutchings said there was an incredible number of whales migrating south this year. 
National Parks would say if you are on the water, you need to be 100 meters away from an adult whale and 300 meters away if it has if the adult has a calf. Hutchings said. There you go. Oh, obviously really sad as well. I hope that they were wearing their life jackets, but it does sound like they probably weren't. Uh, yeah, that's our Scratch the Day segment, everybody. Um, four really interesting stories there. A lot of heartbreak. A lot of very sad stories this week. I'm so sorry there wasn't a funny one of like a of a man getting his, his balls bitten by a little billy goat or something like that. But uh, hey, not every week can be a winner, okay? All right, let's wrap our episode up with a beastly biography. We haven't done this for a while. biography, the segment of the show where we look at an animal that does pose some potential risk to human life, but hasn't really made it into one of our stories yet, and we look at the biology behind these creatures, and uh, today we had a request from a few weeks ago, I'm sorry I haven't gotten to it yet, uh, from uh, Brayson on Instagram, he recommended the sawfish, he says, I think the sawfish would be a good animal for a beastly biography, and I agree, I don't know anything about the sawfish, I'm going to learn live with you today, so let's look up the sawfish, I found an article on Britannica.com. Do you guys remember Encyclopedia Britannica? Man, they must be so pissed that Wikipedia came out. Okay, so sawfish. Uh, a sawfish is any of five species of shark-like rays forming the genera Pristis and Anop. <laughs> Anoxypristis in the family Prisidae. Sawfish are found in shallow water in tropical, subtropical, and tropical regions around the world. They are bottom dwellers, frequently frequenting bays and estuaries and sometimes swimming considerable distances up rivers. One species, the large toothed sawfish, lives and breeds in the fresh waters of Lake Nicaragua. Sawfishes have a long, flattened head and body and an elongated snout, much like that of the saw shark, that forms a long, flat blade edge along with strong teeth. The largest sawfishes attain lengths of 7 meters or more. That's huge. Now, sawfishes are ovoviviparous <laughs> fishes, that is, uh, that fertilized eggs grow within the bodies of the female sawfish and the young are born alive, whose litters average about eight youths. The sawfish becomes sexually mature at age 10, and its lifespan extends to 25 to 30 years. In 2015, the small-toothed sawfish was observed to have the ability to reproduce via parthenogenesis, a condition in which an unfertilized egg develops into an embryo. The species was one of the first vertebrate groups found to be capable of parthenogenesis in the wild. The strategy has also been employed by some species of snakes in the wild. Some birds, sharks, and reptiles have been known to employ parthenogenesis in captivity. Sawfishes are generally not considered dangerous, but their sores, or rostrums, constituting as much as one-third of their total length, can be formidable. The sores are used in feeding, in digging out bottom animals such as crabs, and when lashed about in killing or maiming schooling fishes. These structures also contain electroreceptors, called ampullae of Lorenzini, which can detect Earth's magnetic field. That's, I love this thing about fish. This is so cool. This aids in migration, as well as the minute electrical potentials generated by the muscle contractions of prey. Sawfishes are fishes in some sorry, sawfishes are fished in some areas of the world for food, oils, and skins and other products. The International Union for Conservation of Nature and Natural Resources classifies all five sawfish species as 
endangered species. The small-toothed swordfish, the largest swordfish, and the green swordfish are considered critically endangered. Wow, really interesting. So they're rays. They're not actually, they're not fish. Despite the name, they're not sharks. They are rays. Uh, and yeah, parthenogenesis. Very interesting. Very good. Um, yeah, interesting. All right. Well, that's it. <laughs> that's all the information I, I think we need to have on those sawfish. I guess they're not really threatening to humans unless you get, I don't know, sword or whacked by one of those goddamn swords on their face. Uh, yeah, guys, that's going to do it for today. Uh, that'll be the end of the episode. My my cold is getting worse. I can feel it, so we do need to stop. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Before we go, I do have a couple of favors to ask you. Um, as well as a thank you, I wanted to thank everyone for the great response of last week's episode, The Death of Kent and Joel Carnegie. Uh, really, I don't know, you guys really liked it, so uh, I'll be trying to do more stuff like that. My schedule is a little bit packed at the moment, um, so what I'm trying to do is trying to ration out the episodes like the Kent and Joel Carnegie story that require heavy amounts of research. Sometimes, because I work full-time, and this is sort of a side gig, um, it does take up to a week or two to research the really information dense uh topics uh and that's why some weeks we have stuff like today where we do advice shows or we have a laid back chat or something like that um so just so you know those those episodes will keep coming it just takes a while for me to get to them um but i i'll keep doing them and thank you for the great response and i had a lot of people messaging me saying that that was their favorite episode yet which was great which was surprising to me because i was sick and i felt like shit when i recorded it but um that's that's really lovely to hear and, and thank you so a couple of things um I ask this a lot, but if you can just make sure that you are subscribed to this show on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, that really helps. Um, and also, we're at the pointy end of the year now. We're in October. Pretty soon, I'm thinking in like December, we're going to have our uh, Spotify Wrapped comes out, uh, which is like one of my favorite things of the year. I love Spotify Wrapped. Um, I'm going to ask that you uh, listen to episodes as much as you can so that I can end up on your Spotify Wrapped so that when you share it, all your friends can see that I was I was on there. I really appreciate that. Uh, really, really do love seeing it. Last year, I think it was about four people that posted and um, had me on their Spotify rap for podcasts, which was great. It would be amazing if we could top that this year, get to like 10 people. It makes my friends think I'm really cool. And your friends will think you're really cool as well. Uh, and what else? Oh, yes. Uh, the Patreon, of course, is still running. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash maneaters if you would like to contribute uh, some hard-earned of your cash to me to help run the show. Um, the more people who subscribe there, the easier it is for me to take some time to invest, uh, you know, into the episodes, to, into equipment, and to time researching, and all that kind of stuff, so patreon.com slash maneaters, please go, even if you donate for just a month, and then fuck off, that's also fine, um, but of course, if, you, if you're not in a position to, I don't, I don't want you to do it then, yes, uh, that is going to do our episode for today, thank you so much everybody for listening, thank you to everyone who sent in advice questions, really appreciate that, it's lovely harvesting that juicy content from you, and uh, thank you to everyone who suggested a uh, oh, thank you to Brayson who suggested the sawfish for the beastly biography and everyone who has suggested stories for the uh, scratch of the day. That's going to do it. Have a fantastic week. Please stay safe out there because as we've learned, it's a jungle out there. <laughs> <laughs>